Praise God, everybody. Another beautiful day that, God, that the Lord has made. Let's be glad and rejoice in it. And um, thankful tonight to be coming to you with another video on the from teaching from the trees. And um, you know, I thank God for a beautiful day that He blessed us with today. And it's, you know, and uh, just keeping His hand of protection upon us, upon my family, upon me, and uh, keep us all, you know. Not allowing anything bad to happen to us, and just for protection, for his, for his hand of protection, you know, and those little things that he does, and, and that we don't even uh, don't even realize it, you know, when God does things, and you know, we got to make sure we thank Him and praise Him for the little things that He does, you know, and, and stuff, and and uh, you know, it's just been good. God's been good. He's good all the time, and I'm thankful for it, and. Um, Tonight you can see the title is, um, it's kind of, <clears throat> wasn't sure what the title is. I had two titles in mind, and I went with The Calling of the Righteous Trees. The Calling of the Righteous Trees, and the, the uh, verse is found that I'm teaching this from is Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 3, if you have your Bibles you want to turn there. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles, you know, tonight you can always write the scripture down and go back and read it and make sure I'm telling you what the Bible says. Um, you know, I think with that us as Christians, that's one of our things that we need to do when we're being taught the Word of God and being preached the Word of God, um, that we need to make sure that the, what we're being taught or what's being preached to us is, is biblical and that it can be, you know, that it's in the Bible. That's why we should take our Bibles to church. We should open our Bibles up and when the when the pastor or, or the evangelist or whatever gives us the scriptures that he's going to base his his preaching on, his sermon or his teaching or whatever, you know, we need to we need to make sure it lines up with the Word of God. And um, so I'm turning to you know Isaiah chapter sixty, uh, Isaiah chapter sixty one, verse three, says to point unto them that mourn in Zion. To give unto them beauty for ashes, the joy of the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Let's pray before I get started. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for another opportunity, Lord, to get on here and teach your word, Lord, and, and to teach what you've taught, what you've given to me, God, the message lord that you placed upon my heart and god I ask you lord to help me lord jesus to bring this forth lord the way that you revealed it to me that it to go forth and help each and every one of us in our walk with you lord to help us get stronger in you god to help us help us with our our hope and our faith in you and to help us god to keep our eyes on you lord jesus and god we thank you and we praise you for it lord and I ask you god if there's any sick lord that's out there watching this lord god that you'll touch them in their bodies lord and heal them and Lord, if there's any Lord that, that just needs a touch from you, God, I ask you, Lord, to reach to them, Lord. Touch their heart, God, and bless them, Lord. And reach to the lost, Lord. Anybody, Lord Jesus, that don't know you, God, I ask you, Lord, to reach to them, Lord. Draw on their heart, Lord God, and, and bring them in, Lord Jesus, to your salvation, God. And Lord, for the increasing of your kingdom, God, and I thank you and I praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So it says, To point unto them that mourn in Zion, and uh, this isn't just um, Israel that it's referring to here, but in this passage of Scripture here where Isaiah is writing this, 
he is writing it referring to Israel, but this pertains to anybody that, that believes in God and that trusts God and that believes His Word and that, that is trying to live by His Word. But it says to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, anyone that is mourning for the Lord, anyone that is that is hurting, anyone that is that is seeking after God or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, it's you're you're seeking after the Lord and you're you're trying to live for God and 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 all those and it says to give unto them beauty for ashes. And something that I that I looked at when I looked this up, the beauty for ashes, I think it's pretty cool. It's um, it's pretty interesting when I looked this up, and the word beauty there, where it says beauty for ashes, one of the definitions is a fancy headdress. And you know, us as Christians, at the end of this thing, when we reach, when we when we reach over there, end up where God is, and we reach our destination, which is in heaven, and when we reach that place, we're going to receive a crown for our being loyal to God and for our our crown of righteousness we're going to be given our crowns for being for making it for being um steadfast in the lord and for striving for that level of perfection when we get there we're going to receive a reward for our for our steadfastness we're going to receive a reward for for making it there and that's one of the things that i thought was interesting here where it said beauty the beauty for ashes is you're receiving a fancy headdress for your ashes now ashes here is, if you think about what ashes means, that, that means when there's a devastation that happens or, or a burning of something where something is consumed by fire and there's nothing left but ashes, nothing left but rubble, nothing left but destruction. And so for your ashes or for your times of troubles, for your, for your, um, you know, your devastating, devastation that happens in your life or whatever the case may be, for all the troubles and the, the problems that you, that you face because of being a Christian, anything that you go through, anything that, that you are suffering during your time of, of, you know, your walk in the Lord or whatever, anything that happens whatsoever, you're going to receive a reward for it. You're going to receive a reward for being loyal to the Lord. You're going to receive a reward for being, for making it through your trial, making it through your, your situation, making through, making it through your time of trouble, you know. When we face trials or whatever in our lives, we're facing them because God's trying to get something out of us that that is not helping us. It's hindering us. It's things in our life that that we need to to you know shed off those heavy weights that that Paul spoke of. Paul said, shaking off those those sins that so easily beset us, so we can run the race with patience and reach our destination. We have to shed off those things that that drag us down. Those chains that, that hold on to us and bind us, the things that's trying to restrict us and keep us from from getting where anywhere in God, we have to shed those things off. And those things we pick up in our life as we're, you know, going about this journey in in, in this world, and we're just passing through this life. So looking at that as as the ashes being the things that we face in this life, and we're striving to get through them and press towards that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When we reach that destination, when we reach that goal, we're going to receive a reward for it. So looking at that beauty for ashes as being a fancy headdress or an ornament for your for your hardships that you face in God, but you stood you stood your ground in the Lord and you stayed true to God and you you made it through it. You made it through that trial, made it through that situation, and you didn't fall to the wayside or or allow 
allow the enemy to lure you off the path and lure you away from God. Instead, you stayed true and you made it through this thing and you made it through it to reach the reward. And this says, oil of joy for mourning. Oil, the oil of joy. The oil represents the Holy Ghost. It represents the Spirit of the Lord. So you receive that oil of joy or the joy of the Lord. You receive the joy of the Lord during your time of mourning. And so, you know, when you're mourning over something, it says that, that you know, mourning shall endure through the night. But joy comes in the morning. So when you are mourning something, whatever it might be, or you know, weeping over something, or you feel sorrow for something, whatever the case may be, you're going to receive the oil of joy. You're going to receive the the joy of the Lord for your for your mourning over things. You know, and um, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness sometimes can be God trying to or God uh, putting some weight on you in your spirit for you to pray for somebody or pray for others you know and sometimes that spirit of heaviness is because of something you're, you know within you or, or yourself or whatever whatever the case may be that spirit of heaviness that is on you is is trying to god's trying to get you to pray about something he's trying to get you to pray and um you know that spirit of heaviness that it's a spirit of heaviness that comes that comes from from you feeling the afflictions of others and things when God's trying to get you to pray for somebody, and um, you know, it could, it's just the spirit of heaviness is, you know, um, could be because of several things. But it says that you'll receive a garment of praise for your spirit of heaviness. A garment of praise is is a garment. I, I teach on this one time before. It's where God places a garment on you. His spirit, His spirit of the Lord comes upon you and gives you, you know, to where you can start praising God. And um, so it's a garment of praise for your spirit of holiness that you might be called. Okay, now all of this is so you can be called something. Now being called something, you're being called by the Lord. You're being called this by God. So when He puts you through these things, or when you suffer these things, or when you go through these things, however you want to look at it, and whatever the case may be, you are going to be called something so you're going through this so that you might be called okay might be called what it says here might be called trees of righteousness now thinking about a tree a tree being um you know growing up from the ground with the roots that buries itself deep down into the ground sets a foundation so the tree the bottom of the tree where the roots are is setting the foundation of the tree that's where its strength is so it can endure the storms and it can endure the wind. It can make it through whatever's coming its way. A tree that can stay planted in the ground and not be uprooted when a hurricane comes through, category four or category five hurricane, is an extremely strong tree that can endure that. So that means its roots are, are dug down deep and are deep into the ground to where it can grasp its strength from the earth and hold fast. So when it's holding fast and it's standing there planted deep, with the roots going down, and it can withstand the pressures of the wind and the storm that's coming against it and pushing against that tree. So as it's pushing, as the storms are coming in our lives and pressing against us, if we're rooted and grounded in God and our roots go deep in the Lord, and we've got a set foundation to where we can grasp a hold and get our strength from that, from down deep in the Lord, then we can withstand those storms and those trials that we're going through whenever it comes our way. Just I was saying, as I was saying earlier about the storms that we go through or the trials that we face in our life and these things coming against us, 
with the with the help of the Lord and being strong in the Lord, being rooted and grounded in God, having a garment of praise on on, so that we can praise God during these storms and during the trials. Like that song by Casting Crowns, I'll praise you in the storm. You're praising God regardless of what's coming at you or coming against you. You're say, saying, God, I love you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. Regardless of what I face, God, I'm still going to give you praise. I'm still going to exalt you. I'm still going to lift your name up. Because I know, God, that if I keep my eyes on you, you're going to bring me through this thing. So you're staying rooted and grounded in God. So when you make it through, and you make it through this life, and you enter into the gates of, of pearl in heaven, and you walk through, walk into God's throne room, He can look at you and say, you are a tree of righteousness, that you stood righteous for me. You stood your ground in me, so you can make it here and make it through this thing. See, so that we might be called the trees of righteousness. And so it says, um, Garment of praise and the spirit of heaviness that we might, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. The planting of the Lord. If you think about, think about what that's saying there is the plantation of the Lord, meaning kind of like, um, if you, if you ever seen a plantation, it's a place where they they ha- they have a field where they use it for they plant a vineyard or they plant trees or they plant um, like this. There's this one house up in Georgia that we we rode by every now and then that had some some um, uh, can't think of the trees now that had some trees some of the trees that Georgia's uh, famous for not peach trees but it's a, a I want to say walnut tree. Anyways, the trees that was in front of the house were lined up, and it was real beautiful, and a real beautiful house that was set back on it. You could call that a plantation. It's got a, it's got a, a house, a real nice house, whether it be a, a mansion or whether it be um, just a real, you know, two-story beautiful house, whatever kind of house it is. And in front of it are trees that's planted, and they're planted in a certain design or whatever, and they're planted there for a purpose. And it's a plantation. If you think about also think about like a vineyard being planted. That's a plantation. It's an area to where you know the um, the vineyards for the grapes are planted for the for the gathering of the grapes for the you know pressing of the wine or or whatever the case may be that they're going to use it for whatever whatever they're going to use it for is what it's it's a plantation. Um, they can also some sod fields are called plantations. It's just whatever the person wants to call that plantation. But in thinking what God's saying here. That, that we're, we're called trees of righteousness that are planting the planting of the Lord. In other words, set in His plantation. So the kingdom of heaven is the Christians. The Christians are the kingdom of heaven. So we're, we're, as we increase the kingdom of heaven, we're increasing by bringing in, you know, um, getting people saved, bringing in sinners and getting them saved into the kingdom of heaven. And uh, we're increasing the kingdom of heaven or building the, the plantation of the Lord. We are increasing the plantation of the Lord. And that, that was a little difficult to bring out there, but with the help of the Lord, I'm going to get through this thing. This uh, this is a, um, the other night when I was in church is when I got this. Um, my pastor, Tom Bealey, was reading this passage of Scripture and that trees of righteousness like jumped out of the page at me and uh, I felt led to go into this by the Lord. And the reason why is because we, we need to be righteous. We need to, to work towards righteousness becoming right with god and right standing with god and living a life that god can look down and he's pleased with we have to be righteous we can't continue in sin if we are professing to be christians if god's called us out of it 
and delivered us out of sin and brought us into and, and planted us as a tree in Him, then we need to stay out of that sinful nature and remain in where God has placed us and work towards getting righteous, work towards the righteous, the righteousness of God. And, um, you know, we can't be righteous and, you know, also uh, dwell in sin or do sinful things when we're supposed to be righteous. And the next verse is, should be right, it's on the same page in my Bible, it might be on the same page in yours. Um, if not, it might be a page before, but in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 21, it says, Thy people also shall be all righteous, they shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. And this is God speaking here, and He says, Thy people, meaning the people of, of Israel, is who this Isaiah was speaking to here, and He was saying what God was telling him, it said, Thy people also shall be all righteous. In other words, all of you shall be righteous. You see, the, the, the church has to be righteous. God's people has to be righteous. We are, as a church, as the Christians, as the church, we are right. We are supposed to be righteous. We belong to God. We are God's. So if, if we are God's, if, in other words, if we are God's, meaning we belong to God, don't take that, um, I know that sounded didn't sound right, but not saying that we are God's little g, but saying that we belong to God. So if we belong to God, then we need to be righteous. We need to be holy. We need to be living lives that God's pleased with to where when He looks down at us, then He's happy with the way we're living. So it says, They um, also shall be all righteous. All my people shall be righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. So if you think about this, when we get to the end of this thing and we're, we we get over into glory with the Lord and then He sets up the new kingdom and that sets up the new heaven and the new earth and He sets us back on the earth, they shall inherit the land forever. In other words, we forever shall inherit that land. When He sets us back on the earth, we're going to have the earth. The earth is going to be ours forever. We're going to inherit it for, for all eternity. And if you ever think about how long eternity is, Compared to our life now, I mean, um, I'm 58 years old, and this 58 years, <clears throat> if, I, if I think about it, seems like a long time. But then also, if I look at it from another perspective, it seems very short. So, in thinking about how long eternity is compared to how our lives are now, as to how long that's going to be, that's a you can't even fathom, you can't even begin to to even consider how long that is going to be. But the land is going to be ours forever, for all eternity, never ending. And it says, uh, the branch of my planting. So the branch, meaning us being branches that he's planted, being a tree that he has planted. As he has set us and he has planted us and he has helped us to, and to get our roots down deep and get rooted and grounded in God. See, God planted us. He set us there. When he called you out and he pulled you out, of the life of sin, He planted you in the kingdom of heaven. He planted you where He wants you to be at, in His kingdom. So, considering that we are in His kingdom, and we're planting, we are the works of His hands. Because it says here, the works, the work of my hands. God's saying, it's my hands that's molded you. It's my hands that's formed you. It's my hands that has made you. And not only made us, not only formed us in our mother's womb, but also He has made us 
into who we are today by helping it by by bringing us out of the life of sin and planting our feet on the on the sure foundation which is the Lord the rock of our salvation the rock of Jesus Christ planting us on that and setting us on that rock and and molding us and making us into the people that we are today in him as the Christians that we are today that he has made us and see we have done none of this by ourselves we can't do anything by ourselves so God is in control of all things, and if we allow Him to mold and make our lives, and allow Him, allow him to lead God and direct us unto salvation, then we shall be made into what He wants us to be, because He's going to mold us, He's going to make us, He's going to um, anoint us for whatever our calling is. You know, I can't get on here and do these teachings by myself, because I, I couldn't even begin to even think of what you know God has wants me to say without Him helping me. See, He has to give me the words to say. He has to give me the scriptures that He wants me to bring out. When I sit down and study these these teachings out, or study for a sermon that I'm going to preach in church, God's the one that gives me the verses that He wants me to, to preach on, or teach on. He's the one that gives me the teachings that I get on here and put on, and put on Facebook, and put on my spot, my podcast, and all that. He's He's the one that gives me these things. But I'm allowing Him to mold me and make me, and I'm allowing Him to show me and to reveal His Word to me so I can get on here and do these teachings to help other people that gets on here and watches them. And it, it's not me that's doing it myself, but it's like the calling of the righteous trees. The calling, we are called. God has called us to a higher calling. He's called us out of what, what we used to do and called us in what He wants us to do so that we can do the work that He has prepared for us to reach other people out there. So just like you watching this tonight, you have a calling on your life that God's got in store for you, for you to reach people that I can't reach, and for you to reach people that somebody else can't reach. Wherever you are in the world today, wherever you are at, wherever you live at, and wherever you are watching this from, you have people in your area, people around you, that you can reach and that you can witness to, not just with your words, but also with your life. So the calling of the righteous trees, meaning you, you being a tree that is planted in the Lord, that is that God has molded and made and formed the branches that you are and formed you into who you are, you are a witness to other people in your walk of righteousness in the Lord. Because if you're professing to be a Christian, you've got to be living a righteous life in order for people to believe what you are trying to tell them. Because if you don't live a righteous life and you are trying to preach that the you know preach Christianity to people, then they're going to look at you as somebody. Oh, you're just a hypocrite. You're telling me to do this, but you're not doing this. So you have to live what you are professing. Otherwise, people will look at you in that in that way. So you won't be a tree of righteousness. Instead, you'll be a, an old withered up tree with no with no anointing and with no um, some other stuff that I'm going to go into tonight. So in thinking about that, the calling of the righteous tree, meaning we are called. Many are called, few are chosen. Chosen. What that means, many are called into righteousness. Many are called by the Lord, but very few choose to follow that path. So many are called, few are chosen. In other words, the few that's chosen are the ones that, that choose to follow the path of the Lord. They're the ones that say, okay, God, I'm going to accept your calling. Lord, use me. As a, I'm your, I'm a willing vessel. Use me as a to make me into a vessel of honor, a vessel of honor for you. So as you are called into righteousness, okay. When you're called into righteousness, you need to follow that path of righteousness and allow God to lead God and direct you in all things into righteousness. Because see, look, it says 
They shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands. Right? Now, this is God saying this. So, if God's saying that you shall inherit the land forever, all right, because you're going to be righteous and you shall inherit the land forever, you are the branch of my planting, the work of my hands. But catch what it says here, the last few words says, that I may be glorified. So if you are allowing God to change you and mold you and make you into that that um, tree of righteousness, to, to mold you and make you into that vessel of honor, it's because He will be glorified. Once you become that vessel of honor, once you become that tree of righteousness that's planted with roots that run down deep and stand fast and doesn't move and and when the storm comes and presses hard against it, it stands and it remains standing in the Lord. You you glorify God when you, when you stand when that storm is coming your way and pressing against you, and you stand and you stand anyhow and say, Lord, I trust you, God, I believe you to get me through this, and you you hold your ground when that storm's pressing on you and pressing against you. Then you glorify God when God looks at you. You're glorifying Him when you're standing there. But also when other people see you standing during that storm and staying true to God and holding on, when people see you do that, you glorify you glorify God by showing them that you are that God is for real in your life, that, that God has changed you and that God is, is helping you and that God is doing all the things that you that you are trying to preach and teach to people. So in thinking about that, your life should be glorifying God. If your life is not glorifying God, then something's wrong. Um, you know, and that's something to think about. So, <clears throat> becoming a tree of righteousness, the calling of the righteous trees. In other words, a calling. God's calling to the righteous. He's calling to the people. He's calling to us to become righteous in Him. He's calling to us to reach that level of perfection and that level of righteousness that is pleasing to the Lord. And... That's the calling, the calling of the righteous trees. And if you look over in Psalms chapter 1, verse 3. My other title that I was considering calling this was Righteous Trees and Living Waters. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for the living waters. If you turn over to Psalms chapter 1, verse 3, I want to show you something here. And being rooted and being, when you run your roots down deep, when you think about a tree that has run its roots down deep, run its roots down deep into the ground it's it's searching for water with the the main tap root that goes straight down from um, most trees like a an oak tree has a long tap root that goes straight down and what it's what that tap root is doing it is searching for water and once it finds water it taps into that water so it can be nourished with the water from the from the ground and that's what that tree's doing the other branch the other uh roots that go out and reach in all different directions is for it to get to get strength to gain strength from the earth and from the ground so that it can stand no matter what storm or what wind presses against it and it also helps nourish the tree by gathering nutrients out of the ground as well but that main tap root it runs down seeking after the water now think about what David says here in Psalms chapter 1 verse 3 well let's begin with verse 1 because I want to show you what he's, who he's talking about. Verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. In other words, you've come out of sin. 
you come out of all that worldly mess that God has called you out of and brought you into Christianity, brought you into the righteousness of the Lord. He's, he's gathered you and called, He's gathered us all and called us out of sin and out of that sinful nature and out of the things that, that are ungodly and the things that we shouldn't be doing. So now our delight, right here in verse 2, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth, doth he meditate day and night. See, we, we, our delight is in the, the law of God. Our delight is in, in being obedient to the Lord. And our delight is in God, and in God's presence, and in, in, and in all things that are godly. We gain our delight out of. And verse three it says, "He and he shall make and he shall be like a tree." All right, remember the trees of righteousness. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So as a tree planted by the water. What water? What water is, is, is it that I'm referring to tonight? Us being trees of righteousness and, and considering the water that, that would be, we would be tapping into when I'm speaking of us being righteous in the Lord is the living water that flows from the throne of God. That living water that, that, that flows upon us when we get into God's presence and it flows, the presence of the Lord flows across the building like a, a mighty rushing wind or like a water flowing over our souls and refreshing us you know like when you're out in the heat and you're working in the heat and you get you need to cool off and you go get you a bottle of cold water and you start drinking it that cold water is is like um replenishes us and it, it flows in us it makes us feel better it makes us feel good that water as we drink it it nourishes us that's like the presence of the lord when our souls are getting weary from from a, a week of of you know this life that we're out there working and and dealing with all the things that we have to deal with in this life. And we get into the presence of the Lord. Every time we get into the presence of the Lord. It's like a, a waters of refreshing flows over our soul. And it refreshes us in the Lord. It refreshes our spirit. It refreshes our soul. And it strengthens us. And that's as that tree that's planted by the waters. that By the rivers of waters here. Uh, the tree planted by the rivers of waters. Meaning that water is refreshing. That water ha hasn't gotten stagnant. It's not just setting there and becoming um, a water that's non-nutritious to us and full of, of garbage and stuff like that and full of things that are not good for us but instead it's a river of flow river of water that is flowing and as it's flowing it's cleansing itself over the rocks that it flows through and it gains nutrients that are good for us as that water is flowing so that river that's flowing that river of water it brings forth fruit in season it causes us to bring forth fruit you see we should be we should be um, providing fruit off of our tree as well to other people in order to to supply the fruit on our branches and and stuff we have to have we have to have the living water we have to have the rivers of water flowing over our souls and and his leaves shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper if you're doing it in the Lord, it's going to prosper. If you're doing it for the Lord, it's going to prosper. If you are, if you are, if your spirit is living for God and you are, you are uh, giving your spirit nutrients in the Lord, it's, your spirit is going to prosper. Your soul is going to prosper. See, God says that He would, he would that we should prosper even as our soul prospers. 
So you see, our soul has to prosper first. So if we are living in the Lord and we are get, we are living our lives as you know as perfect as we can in the Lord, and we're striving for that level of perfection, and we're studying our Word, and we're we're getting in God's presence, and going to church when we should, and every opportunity that we get then we are we are nourishing our soul we're nourishing our spirit man we are getting into that rivers of living water that rivers of water that we are setting our roots down deep and we're we're nutrient we're giving our tree nutrients in the lord and turn with me to jeremiah chapter 17 jeremiah chapter 17 is another one on, on the tree planted by the waters <clears throat> and I want to make sure I'm getting everything in here but Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 7 through 8 verse 7 it tells you again what uh, what it's speaking of here it says blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is see we have to trust in the Lord we have to trust him you have to trust God in order to be saved because if you, if you don't trust God that he died for you if you don't trust God that that he that he hung on the tree for us and died for our sins, then you can't you can't trust God to be saved. You have to trust him that his word is true. You have to trust him that every every word written in this book is for us and it's a promise to us that what God says is true and it's in the word and we have to trust it that we have to trust in this word. We have to trust in God. And we have to trust him it says, blessed, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. Our hope is in the Lord. If you're hoping in, in what's going on in the world today to be to, to turn around and everything be all, all great again, then you're trusting in the wrong thing. Because what I'm seeing out there when I look out there, I'm seeing prophecy coming to pass. I'm seeing the word of God being performed right before my very eyes and seeing that we are in the last days and seeing that we are coming up on the end of this thing. The generation that's seen Israel become a nation again, that generation shall not pass until all these things are, are fulfilled. So what I'm seeing out there is something that I'm seeing out there is that we are in the last days and we're living in the days where we are soon to see the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if, if I'm seeing that, then my hope is not in the world. My hope is in the Lord. My hope is in God. And that's where our hope needs to be at. Because there's no hope out there in the world. There's no hope left out. The only hope we have out there in the world is that our loved ones be saved. That our loved ones, that God deals with their hearts and gets them to realize that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And, that, and gets them to realize that they need Him more than they need anything else. And that they will come to God and hit the altar and hit their knees and ask for forgiveness and accept God as their personal Savior and turn their life around and turn away from their wicked ways and turn back to the Lord and say, God, I'm going to surrender to you and live their life for God so that they can inherit the kingdom of heaven with us. That's our hope. That's the, that's the hope we should be having out there that is God is going to deliver our loved ones, that God is going to deliver our children, that God is going to deliver our families and our friends and all of them and, and deliver them some, from sin and bring them in to the kingdom of the Lord. So our hope is in the Lord. Blessed are those whose hope is in the Lord. My hope is everlasting life. My hope is that 
that I make it through this thing and that I stand in, in front of Jesus and he says and he says to me, Well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the kingdom of heaven. Enter into your rest. Enter into what I have for you because you were loyal to me and because you made it. That's what I want to I want to hear him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Not turn away from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. I don't want to hear him say that. I want to hear him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. That is my hope. My hope is in God. My hope is in the Lord for salvation. My hope is in the Lord for the health in my body, for the breath in my body, for everything that I do. My hope is in the Lord. And I trust Him and I believe that He's going to get me through whatever I need to go through and that He's going to get me through whatever I need to face. It's just like when the disciples were out on the on the Sea of Galilee and the storm came up and Jesus told them, meet me on the other side. You get over across the other side, I'm going to be there waiting on you. So when the storm came up and they're out in the middle of this thing in the middle of the night and the storm came brewing up there and tossing the ship to and fro and began to rock them, God said, meet me on the other side. So Jesus told them to meet me on this other side. That was their hope. Their hope should have been in that Jesus said, I'm going to meet you on the other side. So if he said that, then they should have known that they were going to get to the other side regardless of what happened. Because Jesus, the one who they put their faith in, the one who they seen and witnessed all the miracles that he performed while he was there with them, walking with them and walking amongst them, all that that they saw, they should have known that he was going to meet them over there because they said that he's he told them. So if he told them to meet me, that told them to meet him over there, then they should have known that they were going to make it. Their hope was in the wrong thing. Their hope all of a sudden was just thrown out the window when the storm came up. Instead of them holding on to it and grasping onto it. So you see, you have to learn to trust and to hope. To put your hope in the Lord and to trust Him that He's going to get you through whatever you're going through. That He's going to bring you out on the other side smelling like the rose of Sharon. And that you're going to make it through this thing. So it says there, Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be, this is the man that's got his hope in the Lord and that trust in him says, For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. Okay, as a tree that's planted by the waters, his roots has run down deep, and its roots has reached over and tapped into that water system to where it can be nourished and where the, the tree will survive. And it says, And that spreadeth out her roots by the river. In other words, set her roots by the river who, where you're you know, not going to be shaken. All right? So you're rooted and grounded in God so that you won't be shaken by the storm. And it says, And shall not see when the heat comes. In other words, when the heat comes, when the heat's poured on, you still got your eyes focused on the Lord. You're not focusing on your problem. You're not focusing on what's bringing the heat. But instead, you're keeping your eyes on the Lord, keeping your focus on God. And that's where that rooting and being rooted and grounded in the Lord, you're, you're grasping on with everything you got onto God. To where the heat's not going to make you waver. It's not going to come upon you to the level to where you give up. It says, And, and shall not see when the heat come, but her leaf shall be green. In other words, your leaf will be green because you tapped into that water and you're, you're being nourished by the, by the river that's flowing beside of you, that's flowing through you, flowing around you. So it's keeping your, your leaf green. And shall not be careful in the year of drought. In other words, when the drought comes, it's not going to affect you because you're you're grounded. You're really grounded in the Lord. See, these are trials and troubles that you go through in your life. You know, when you hit a drought, a drought comes. It's, it's a hard time that you're going through. 
to where it seems like there's no end, but you're hanging on to it. You're hanging on to the Lord, and you're gaining your, you're gaining, you're keeping your strength in God, and you're keeping that nurse, that man inside of you, nurse, that spirit man in here, nurse. So regardless of what you're going through, and the heat, the heat, the heat's being poured on, the trials and troubles are being poured on. It's coming real heavy on your life, but you're rooted and grounded in God, and you're tapped into that river of water that is flowing next to you. And it says, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Once again, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. A tree that is planted by the rivers of water will yield fruit, will continue to yield fruit because it's getting its nourishment. It always has that water there to get its nourishment from. See, out in the orange grove, when I worked out in the orange grove with my brother-in-law, and, and we, you know, when it would get real dry, when the rain comes, it get real dry and sometimes they had to pump water in to keep the trees because if they didn't keep the water in there for the trees then the fruit would dry up and if the fruit dried up then the fruit was no good to eat because it was all dry they had to keep the water there to keep the fruit uh, to keep the to keep it yielding the fruit so if you don't give the tree no water it's not going to yield fruit it's not gonna, it's going to dry up the tree's going to dry up the fruit would dry up drop off the tree then the tree would dry up but you see you have to be tapped into the living waters of the Lord tapped into that living water set with your roots down deep and drawing off the spirit of the Lord so you can keep strength keep your strength up in your spirit man and keep your spirit man strong and then in first Peter chapter 2 verse 24 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 24 <clears throat> I'm gonna start up on verse 21 Says for even for even here unto ye are ye for here for even here unto ye were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should be that ye should follow his steps. Who did who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled reviled not again. When he suffered he threatened not, but committed himself to committed himself. To him that judges righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should not live un should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Now think about what that's saying. Jesus had no sin. He didn't sin. He never never had anything, any foul language come out of his mouth. Never had never done anything wrong. Everything he did was right. He was righteous. He was he was totally, completely sinless, without spot, without blemish. But yet, looking at us, even today, looking at us two thousand years later, from where he was at, looking towards the future, looking towards each and every one of us today, he bore all of our sins. He bore the sins of the entire world from the beginning of creation till the last day and the last hour. He bore the sins of everyone so that we might be saved. Now think about what that's saying here. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body. When he was praying in the garden and he was praying that it says that the weight of the world come upon him so great that he began to sweat. His sweat became as drops of blood. Isaiah said he was crushed for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. His body was being pressed pressed on by the, all, the, all the sins of the world when he was praying in the garden 
to where he was pressed so much the sin and the weight of, of all things was pressed upon him so heavy and so great in the garden when he was praying that he began to sweat blood. His blood became his sweat became as drops of blood coming off of his body. Because he where he was pressed so much on. He was bruised for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. All of that all the transgressions, all the sins of the world was placed upon him for our so that we could be be redeemed back to him. It says, Where on where his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. He hung on that tree. What did he hang on that tree for? That we that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. That tree of righteousness. He hung on that tree for our righteousness. So he hung there and died for each and every one of us so we could be redeemed back to him, giving us a way, providing unto us a way to live unto righteousness by by giving us that mercy when he looked down on us in sin and he had he showed mercy towards us. He had mercy toward mercy on us. And He reached for us. He dealt with our heart to call us out of that sin. Call us out of that iniquity. And call us into a calling to where He can lead God and direct us unto righteousness through His grace. That His grace would show us the way to, that He wanted us to live. And show us and enabled us to live a sin-free life. You see, when He looked down on us and He had mercy on us, He said He remembered where He died on that cross for us so that we could be redeemed back to Him. When He looks at that mercy seat, on top of that Ark of the Covenant that's in heaven, sitting before His throne room. He looks towards us, but He looks past the, across that mercy seat, and He remembers what He did, what he did 2,000 years ago when He hung on that tree for us, so He could redeem us back to Him, and cleanse us of our sins, and purge us of our, of our iniquities, and enable us to live a life that He's pleased with, live a life of righteousness towards Him. So that tree of righteousness... Jesus hanging on the cross, hanging on that tree for our righteousness today. The calling of the righteous trees. I think that's really amazing the way God showed that to me with the scriptures. How, you know, the calling of the, of the righteous trees, the righteous trees in the living water, and how Jesus dying on that cross for our sins and shedding his blood so that his blood would flow over us and cover us. And cleanse us of our iniquity and cleanse us of our sin and wash us clean and make us righteous, make us holy, make us pure in the Lord. So it's that tree of righteousness, that, that cross, the cross that he hung on being a tree of righteousness. And it says, should, should live under righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. By his stripes that he suffered back then is for our healing today. He he died. He he was beaten at the by the Romans, by the cat of nine tails at the whipping post, so that each and every stripe that he bore was for our for our healing today. You see, so when we think about when we ask God to heal us, we need to keep in mind why he suffered for that healing. He suffered that for us to be healed, for our bodies to be healed. So when we think about that and we ask God to heal us, we need to consider what he did and say, God, I know what you did for me. Lord, not just for me to be saved, but also for a healing in my body, God. You suffered all that for me. You did that for me, God. And looking at it from that perspective and know that when you're asking Him, you're asking something that He'd done 2,000 years ago for us 
so that it could be done in our lives today. He suffered this 2,000 years ago for us today. So when we look at it that way, He's already suffered for it. He's already He already done it for us. So it's already done. We, we just need to reach out and grab it. We need to reach out and grasp it and have faith and believe that when we ask, we're asking Him to fulfill His Word. His Word right here, written in, in black and white and, and some places red and white. He wrote, it was written right here in His Word for us. That for today, what He did for us 2,000 years ago. And you know that's where that's one of the things that can help us and help our faith is knowing what the word says knowing what the bible says about our lives and that god god put it in here for us put it in here so we will know so that when we when we study it out and look into the scripture then we can see what he done and see what he has for us and have an understanding of it see that's that living water that living water that i was speaking of flowing into our souls and and nourishing us we get nourished in the word we get nourished in the word of god we get nourished from the from anointed preaching and anointed teaching where god is using a minister or a teacher to bring forth the word to help explain it to us on a level where we can understand it see we gain from that we get a nourishment from that we get our spirit man gets nourished and gets fed from the word the living word every the bible says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of god this is word that's proceeded out of the mouth of God. It was inspired on man to write this by God. And God breathed upon man to write it. And so he breathed his spirit upon them, giving them the knowledge and giving them the anointing. So when they wrote these scriptures for us today, the years that they wrote them in years and years ago, comes alive on, alive on the page for us today and helps nourish and feed our spirit man, our, right, our, whole, our soul and our spirit man that lives within us. But in Luke chapter 7, verse 38, this is the, final, the, the last verse I'm going to read. It says, He that believeth on me, that's John chapter 7, verse 38, He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Out of your belly. So when the, think about when that tree that's planted by the waters when its roots run down deep and it, it reaches over and taps into that river that's flowing by it, and that river of water that's flowing by it, it reaches and taps into it, then that water runs up through the roots of that tree, and it runs up through the, the trunk of that tree and up into the branches. And when it gets to the branches, it runs out to the towards the leaves of the branches. So thinking about the leaves, the leaves, when people look at a tree, they see the, the pretty green leaves, and the, the leaves are, look nourished. The leaves look healthy. So when people look at us and sees us, they should see a, a Christian that is healthy in the Lord, a Christian that is nourished, and pretty green leaves that, that is that is nourished with God. But also not just the leaves. Okay, the leaves the leaves is our outside witness that people see us and our reactions and the way that we the way we act and the way we look, even the way you look. I mean thinking about how you know, if you look at some people and the, you, you get an idea of what you think about how they look. It works the same way with the way they look at us as Christians. They're going to see you for who you are by the way you, the way you act and the way you look. But the other part of this is, like I said, the water flows up through the trunk of the tree and out into the branches and, and it gets to the leaves and it nourishes the leaves. There's also something else out there hanging with the leaves and that's the fruit. The fruit that you bear is, is, is your actions towards people and you're you're interacting with people and you're um 
your witness that comes out of your mouth when you reach out to others and you witness and tell them about God, that's the fruit that you're bearing to where people can gain nourishment off of you. Um, Travis Woods in church the other night, um, last Thursday night, preached a really good message on that, on the fruit that, that you bear. People nourish themselves off of the fruit that you bear. So if you are bearing good fruit, then the people are, that are around you are nourishing off that good fruit that you're bearing. In other words, they're witnessing your witness of the Lord in your life by your actions, your reactions, your talk, your knowledge of God, and everything. People are... Because are, there's people out there that's searching for the Lord. There's people out there that, that needs God. They need God and they need somebody to show God to them. And you sh- you do that with your life, with the way that you live your life. That's the fruit that you bear This is what is feeding and nourishing the people around you. So if you're not producing any fruit, then you're not nourishing anybody around you. So then people's not going to get anything from your life that you're living for God. Because some people, the only God they see is your everyday walk with the Lord. How you react around them and what people are seeing when they see you. Are they seeing somebody that that is ungodly? Are they seeing somebody that's professing to be a Christian but they're still living a lifestyle of sin? Are they seeing somebody that's professing to be a man of God but yet they go hang out with them at the bar and drink beer with them every Thursday night on on ladies night or Friday night or on the weekends or go to the house and party it up and drink beer all night with them around a campfire you know, and not show them, not tell them anything about God. So if you're living a life of, of, of a Christian, if you're living a life that is supposed to be alive, uh, living a life that's supposed to be a life for God, then you need to be bearing fruit that when they look at you, they see the Lord. They look at you, they see God. They don't see just a, a, any other normal old person out there that's doing the same things that they're doing, but trying to tell them about somebody that they're not living for. So think about that tonight. Think about the tree of righteousness, but also think about what God did for you. You know, And whenever you witness to people, tell them what God did for them. You know, And explain to them that, that it was God that came down, manifested in the flesh, walked amongst, walked among men, and preaching the gospel to men, and then died on the cross for us so that we could be redeemed back to Him. He did that for us. He did that for them. He did that for everybody. Even the sinner out there, even the vilest sinner out there, God died for them too. God didn't just die for the, the people that's godly, that's living in, that's in church, and you know, and everybody else that ain't in church. God didn't die. No, God died for everybody. Even the sinner out there, even the um, the vilest sinner, even the worst person out there, God died for them. But they'll never be reached if somebody don't tell them about God, if somebody don't witness to them and tell them what Jesus did, how He died on the cross for our sins. That righteous tree, that tree died on the man, died on you know the man of God, God manifested in the flesh, hung on that tree for us and died for our righteousness, the calling of the righteous trees. So, I hope you enjoyed this tonight. If it, if, if it helped you and if you think it will help anybody else out there, I ask you to share it and help me get the word out and, um, and everything. And, and uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't subscribed to my podcast, um, I have podcasts on... on uh, I put all these teachings up on podcasts. I also put some sermons from our church, uh, different ones on there. Um, you know, if you want something to listen to, um, you know, you sign in. You can subscribe to my uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere where um, you can find podcasts. Um, so, 
You can tune into them on there if you want. And uh, also ask you to share this, help me get the word out. And I thank you for watching. I love you guys. God bless. Mm-hmm. <laughs>